Can Desmond Ritter overcome his greatest weakness of attacking man coverage? We'll break it down on today's Locked On Falcons. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black, and, of course, the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And guys, we thank everyone that makes Locked On Falcons this very illustrious podcast. Their first listen each and every day, of course. Shout out to all my everydayers following their footsteps you know, follow their blueprint to success at life by subscribing or following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode, we are pivoting from Locked On B. John Robinson. That has been the case the last couple of weeks and days on this podcast to Locked On Desmond Ritter week all week long on the podcast. And our first guest is Matt Waldman of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio on Football Guys. And Matt has a more critical lens of Desmond Ritter. And we're going to talk a lot about what Matt feels like is Desmond Ritter's biggest weakness uh, in today's episode and, and potential ways that he can improve and, and ways that the Falcons can evaluate that improvement. And later in the week, we'll probably talk a little bit more about ways that the Falcons can scheme around some of those weaknesses. But obviously, Desmond Ritter is going to have to bear the brunt of the heavy lifting when it comes to improving upon those weaknesses. And of course, we'll be keeping an eye on that, but we'll get in more into that as the week unfolds. So let's first talk with Matt Waldman about which aspects that he needs to quote unquote, get his weight up. All right, everyone, we are back with another illustrious get. He is none other than Matt Waldman, who publishes the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. He also is a contributor at the Football Guys, a top fantasy website. And we recently talked with Matt about Bijan Robinson and to a lesser extent, Keelan Harris. Uh, but today we're going to talk all about Desmond Ritter, right? The Falcons quarterback one. And I know, Matt, you weren't particularly high on Ritter when he was coming out. Uh, as much as maybe others were. And what were some of those key areas that led to you being a little bit lower on Ritter's NFL potential than other people were? Yeah, and I think it, it comes down to how I, I study quarterbacks because for me, one of the most important things is how fast and accurately you process information when it comes to decision-making at the point of throwing or not throwing the ball or where you should or shouldn't place the ball. Um because all the athletic tools are there for Ritter. You know, his ability to move, the arm strength, the height, the size. Um, he's got skill to be able to move around in the pocket. Um, so there's there's a lot of things there that teams are going to like. But it's from the philosophy of you if you got the physical skills and you have the high-end physical skills, then, you know, and he's willing to work, then maybe the light will come on and everything will click. And he'll develop those high-end skills to process information fast. Well, a lot of NFL teams, and I, and it's something that I've also long believed, is that if you don't have the processing speed and the accuracy of how to read the leverage of defenders on receivers, 
and that relative position they have at the point of when you should let the ball go and that you need to let it go as in as timely manner as possible. It doesn't matter how athletic and how much, how high end your other skills are. That one thing is difficult. And they're starting to, you're starting to see that with like the S2 um, testing. They're trying to get in the direction of, it's not about the wonder lick of physical of, um, you know, rote memory or whiteboard, you know, being able to answer things on the whiteboard or remembering your bad plays and what you would have done differently. You know, that's great for teaching and coaching, but you know, I don't, you know, Brett Favre didn't know what a nickel was for two years, as we often say, but he also understood um, when to let the ball go, you know, more often than not, and be able to make those types of plays. Patrick Mahomes is a great example of that as well, even though he also has a photographic memory, which is why he's probably going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks we've seen in the league. But um, with Ritter, you look at his game and against zone coverage, pretty good. Ability to throw on the move to his right, well, that was good. But facing man-to-man, which when the NFL gives you man-to-man, you want to just, you want to live off that. I mean, that's where your big plays are going to come from when you can get those man-to-man matchups. And with Ritter, my biggest concern was he didn't read leverage very well. He was either late with throws or didn't place the throw in the right place. Or more fundamentally, he it was kind of like, knowing when the red light or green light was there. And it was kind of like he'd see something that he would think was a green light throw and pull the trigger, and it was not a good leverage decision to, to throw the ball. Or he would see one that was that he would choose not to throw that he should have thrown. So, and that's a, that for me, that was a difficult thing to overcome um, to, you know, as far as giving him, a strong grade. So I saw him as more of a developmental player who is going to be regarded as a strong prospect because of the physical and technical acumen that's there. Kind of like Will Levis coming out right now who ended up getting drafted by the Titans is that they're going to be there's going to be a lot of talk about the strong physical skills and the arm strength and there's going to be a lot of impressive moments in camp with that. But what we need to see down the line is how he's going to respond to more complex defenses that play faster and disguise their intentions a lot better. And that's with blitz packages and coverages and can Ritter as he starts to get more tape in the NFL and defenses start to look at that. How are they going to respond to him? And then in return, how will he grow past that? And can he do it? Because that's the big question for most young quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, I want to continue picking your brain on Desmond Ritter and sort of what the next steps for him as he develops in the NFL and sort of talk a little bit about what the potential superpower that he will have as a quarterback in the league. And we'll get into that as we continue today's episode here with Matt Waldman of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. So there's plenty more to discuss on today's Locked on Desmond Ritter podcast with Matt Waldman. But for while we may be locked on the Falcons quarterback, I'm sure some of you guys out there are very much locked on, you know, what's going on in the NBA conference finals. And of course, that means it's the perfect time to make a fast break over to FanDuel for this year's NBA playoffs. And 
Right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets backs. That means basically if your first bet doesn't win, you get bonus back bonus bets back up to $1,000. And the great thing about FanDuel is there's a lot of different ways that you can bet on the NBA. I love their parlay builder, whether you want to build a parlay based off of how many points, how many rebounds, how many assists, how many threes a player can hit. In these conference finals, of course, if you're not as geared up on the conference finals, but you're looking ahead to the NBA draft, of course, you can make bets on, you know, who's going to go first, second, or, you know, we know who's going to go first, but, you know, who's going to go second, third, and fourth, all that and more. So go check out FanDuel however you want to bet. Uh, there's no better place uh, than the playoff action for America's number one sports book. And, of course, make sure you take advantage of of that no sweat first bet by going to fanduel.com slash locked on again to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the MBA. So here with Matt Waldman of the rookie scouting portfolio, and we're talking about Desmond Ritter and, you know, there's a lot of talk about when you look at all of the top quarterbacks in the league, you know, whether you want to say there's five guys in that bucket or 10 guys or that bucket or 15 guys in that bucket. You know, I think a lot of people look at those guys and say each one of those guys has something that they're really good at, that they can sort of is their sort of superpower that allows them to play at a high level. And, you know, I've heard people say that for Desmond Ritter, you know, his superpower, if if he does develop one, would be his ability to process quickly and, and throw with anticipation. But based off what you've just told me you don't it doesn't sound like you think that's something that is likely to develop but I, i'm very curious is that a, is that a fair assessment or do you think there's another superpower that desmond ritter could potentially develop yeah it's a great question i would say that the people who probably see that as a potential superpower are probably watching him do it against zone coverage because when you watch him play zone he makes some really nice placement decisions he can do it on the move. He can do it quickly. And he's a very good ex ex executor with speed and timeliness against zone coverage. And I was watching him against Tampa Bay this morning once again and seeing him make some nice placements um, between tighter windows of zone coverage and layering, layering throws over and around it. Those are high-end plays. Those are very good. But what I also saw was still more of the same from against man-to-man and those few man-to-man opportunities that he had either the, the throws just weren't there the anticipation either wasn't great or the the decision to make the throw shouldn't have been made um and so it's for for me what we're going to see is i think what he does on the move against zone is probably his his potential superpower what needs to be shored up is really the man-to-man stuff and maybe his footwork in the pocket a little bit so that it can be a little tighter. He moves reasonably well in the pocket so that he can be in a throwing position. But if the feet can be a little bit more under his pads so that he can get rid of the ball without an extra step or that when he does get rid of the ball, his feet are in a great position to get to maximize the accuracy of the, the throw, um, I think that you will see some high-end plays coming from him. But that's the thing is that, you know, what we're going to see right now is a player who's going to make some wild plays, um, but it's those three to five plays per game that make a difference between the guy who you say is in your top tier in the NFL and the guys who either are acceptable starters 
and guys who are journeymen who you, you really don't want starting for you. But if you had to, Marcus Mariota, then you you would you would have them on your team. And I think that you know the top guys when defenses say we know you can't do this or we know you're uncomfortable doing these things. So we're going to implement these things in the game, probably three to five variations of it or the three to five things that you aren't very good at. We're going to try and stop you in these moments this way and just say, you've got to figure out, you've got to figure out a solution. And the best quarterbacks either grow enough um, and develop better skills in those areas and prove that they can do it or they can, stop or they can um create in a manner where that they can overcome it and the guys who make you know there's always like three to five plays in a game if they can hit you know if they can hit three to five they're great if they can win those three to five plays they're going to win the game most likely if they only get one or two of them it's going to be tight and you're hoping for luck a little luck on your side or somebody else to make a play if you don't make them you know, one or fewer, you're likely to lose that game. And the the best quarterbacks do that every week because they get they paint their way out of a corner. And so with Ritter, we know what the weaknesses are probably, which is the man-to-man and the pressure combined with that. Can he can he overcome that? Can he get better in those areas? Um, if he can, he's going to be an NFL starter um, for the long term. He'll get a second contract. If he can't, depends on what degree uh, that weakness is. If it's like it was at Cincinnati, um, the Falcons will be drafting somebody else in a year or two. Um, if it is, if it's getting better, they'll they'll continue to you know build with him and and see if they're going to give him that fifth year option in a year or two. We'll we'll see if he can continue to progress from there. Yeah, and we we spoke earlier about you know, that sort of window of development for, you know, after a certain amount of starts in the league, um, you know, you need to see progress from a young quarterback during that sort of window. And just for those people that didn't listen to that episode, you know, a month or so ago, just just remind people sort of what your thoughts were on that and sort of when that window is for Desmond Ritter and how many starts he, we kind of need to get a good evaluation for him. So we still got more to come on today's episode and we'll get right into uh, that topic of, you know, Desmond Ritter and how to evaluate him. But first, I want to give a shout out to all my everydayers, right, as Locked On Desmond Ritter Week continues tomorrow on the pod and we'll go back and watch the film. Uh, to either confirm or deny many of the things that Matt Waldman is talking about on today's episode. So uh, my everydayers will check that out on tomorrow's episode and we'll get more into Desmond Ritter as the week unfolds. So continue to make Locked on Falcons your first listen by subscribing on YouTube or following for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Sure. And this is something that's talked a lot about with, with scouts as well that are in the league is that really the NFL, when they scout, NFL talent, the, the the opposition, they like to give they the scouts like to wait a good four to six weeks before they start to accumulate that amount of tape and put it all together to to deliver their insights to the coaching staff. They don't want to go after two weeks and say, "Well, we've watched this for two weeks. Here's what we think's going on." They want enough tape to be able to do that. So what happens is the league as a whole, when they're facing a new quarterback, 
they tend to play their scheme, but they're not doing anything extra special with tweaks. They're, they may throw a thing here or there into the mix, but they're not game planning specifically against the quarterback in the way that they will in future games. So what happens after those four to six weeks is each team in the league that has, say, the Falcons on their schedule, they're going to look at Ritter's tape and say, all right, here's the things we don't think he may do. We 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 have an idea that we don't think he's going to do these things well. Or we have some um, guesses that we think that he may struggle in these areas because, you know, you're based on the scheme, you may not see all the things that Ritter can do and all the things that he can't do. So they're not going to formulate a game plan on something they're guessing on and say, we're going to put 80% of our game plan geared towards this one thing we don't know whether Ritter can or can't do. But we may throw a couple plays here and there to see how that works. And if Ritter really struggles, then maybe we'll continue to do that in the second half. Or maybe we'll continue to call this type of a look. Um, And then as this happens week after week, the future opponents have more tape on Ritter where they can say, okay, well, the Buccaneers tried this in week seven, that and Ritter struggled with that. Let's throw that in here. But also in week eight, the Lions did this, and he he had mixed results here too. We think we have a better personnel set up to execute what the Lions tried to do. So we're going to add that into the mix. So you start developing a book. And so what happens is in you know, we you know, in the seventh to maybe fifteenth or sixteenth week of the season, you see, you know, gradually more and more of a book becoming defined on that opponent. And they, and you can see players start to struggle. You know, the, the young players, they either um, show without a shadow of a doubt that they, that where the team threw something at them, that they overcame it. And now, now it's basically like that book is like, well, there's very few things that this guy doesn't do well. And the things that he doesn't do well, we don't have the personnel to stop him consistently. So we can take some chances in some situations, but we don't have a real anecdote to, a- antidote to this guy. Um, on the other hand, if you look at guys like Baker Mayfield or Drew Locke or a lot of Mitchell Trubisky quarterbacks, Mariota quarterbacks who started strong, and then kind of, you know, failed out as starters, teams were able to say, all right, we did develop a book on this guy. There's Here's three to five things that he does not do well, and unless he has great talent around him, he's probably not going to do it well when we throw it at him as long as our personnel is healthy enough to do. And so that's usually by, you know, the week 17 to like 25, you know, that type of thing, the first two to two and a half seasons. By that point, you should know whether your quarterback has the skills to be a a, a starter long-term. And the only situations where you would say that's not the case is if there's multiple coaching changes that require new schemes and that quarterback has had, it. like say uh, Davis Mills, who's had to deal with two, two different schemes um, in consecutive years, that might not be as fair to him. Um, but with a quarterback that like Ritter, if he if he plays the next two and a half years here, and you see him by weeks, you know, seventeen to twenty four of his career, um, doing well and and performing well with um, and being able to 
to, to do things where teams have really um, you see them kind of like improve from maybe some down points during the first, maybe after the weeks eight to 16 of his career, um, you see some improvement there. There's real promise there. If not, if it's the same things that he still has problems with, that's where you're going to see teams make the, the Atlanta make the decision. Maybe we're not going to do that fifth year option. Maybe we're going to draft another quarterback or bring in a free agent. Yeah, and um, it's, it's interesting when you look at the Falcons' schedule this year. You know, like Game 17, I think, would be right after the bye week that they have this year against the Saints. And that was Ritter's first start after the bye week against the Saints last year. And so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to sort of use those two games as sort of comparison points for Desmond Ritter as that sort of part of, of this sort of window that you're talking about. And I think those last, you know, seven or so games down the stretch where you're hoping if you're a Falcon fan, the Falcons or, you know, have won some games being potential to control the division, you will start to see Ritter, you know, maybe break through some of these issues that you're, you're talking about and play well down the stretch. And then the Falcons will feel a lot more confident that they'll have, you know, at least their quarterback of the short term um, and whether he can continue to build off of that will determine whether he's the quarterback of the long term. Is that a fair assessment? I think so. And, you know, you look at this team overall and you have a lot of guys who should win man to man matchups. I mean, Kyle Pitts and Drake London can go up and get the ball. Um, you certainly look at, you know, but you also have guys like Jonu Smith and Bijan Robinson who will do very well in the deeper aspects of the game against zone same with Cordero Patterson um with certain selected routes um so are they going to spread the field maybe sometimes you will see some of that but I would think with with that line and Robinson what you're really looking at is play action game against zone where that's really his strength and that should work out well um quarterback overall I would just say this is the hardest we all know it's the hardest position to play in sport and it's one of the hardest positions to evaluate I can tell you that, you know, people were all over the place on Ritter. Um, I, I knew some scouts who, you know, I don't usually report scout stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, I, because I'm not a, a reporter in this capacity. I'm an analyst. So the people who talk to me, generally I wait until after the draft to share stuff because that way they'll keep sharing stuff with me and I'm not putting out things just for clickbait. Um, and I'm not saying that, all people do that. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying, but it's like, um, what I was, what, what was brought up to me is that there were a couple teams that re that had Ritter as a reject on their board. Like they weren't going to draft him at all based basically from certain things that it wasn't the mental capacity for the game. It wasn't the physical skills. All that was good. It, some of that was processing as well. And that was some things that I heard after sharing my concerns with a scout after doing my work and they were like, well, so, you know, there's a couple teams that had that, but at the same time, I know a team that literally took Patrick Mahomes off their board over a decision that he made, um, in a, in a workout that you would say arguably was the right decision. Um, and especially in terms of reading leverage, but they, they were so turned off by it for certain reasons I don't want to get into or else it might give it away for um, not only the team, but the, you know, where I got it from um, that 
they they just said we were turned off by it. Now it worked out for them because they ended up drafting someone a year later who turned out to be a very good quarterback, but they missed on possibly the generational talent in the NFL of the, of this next, you know, eight to 10 years. And, uh, and it was over something to be honest with you that the players, the players um, agreed that it was a good decision and the coaching staff was turned off by it in a way that was probably a little more ego driven or a little too uptight. And they, they really missed out. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see what, what happens with Desmond Ritter here in Atlanta, Matt, I really appreciate you sharing your insights in to him we've been very pro desmond ritter here on this podcast but it's nice to get um someone who may not necessarily be as gung-ho about desmond ritter and his potential but also sees you know does a great job evaluating to sort of see the path to where he needs to go in development that that sort of analysis is why we go to you and you know where can other people go to get some of that analysis, you know, not only on Desmond Ritter and some of these other quarterbacks around the league, but, you know, for all the great work that you do, whether it's with the rookie scouting portfolio or for football guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, of course, for fantasy football, I've been a senior staff writer, football guy since 2009, footballguys.com, one of the oldest and, and most established fantasy football websites. My work for studying rookie t- talent is at the rookie scouting portfolio, mattwaldmanrsp.com. You can also go to my YouTube channel, Matt Waldman's RSP Film Room. I've been doing it for well over a decade. I have over 600 videos that you can check out there where I break down the game, especially on quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Absolutely. So, guys, um, I, I look forward to this season and and sort of revisiting some of these things. Like, I, I can imagine episodes I'll be doing in October and November. Like, well, you remember when Matt Waldman came on the podcast and said this about <laughs> Desmond Ritter or this about B. John Robinson? So, you know, this, there, there will be some callbacks uh, to these episodes that we've and these conversations that we've had with Matt here on the podcast. But Matt, always appreciate it. Look forward to our, our future endeavors and future conversations about, you know, the various other players. I look forward to, you know, maybe a year from now, you can come back on the pod and say, you know, I told you so with that Keelan Harris guy, you know, something yeah. like that. And I, and I look forward to coming back on and saying, look, it worked out for Desmond Ritter because you're rooting for these guys no matter what. You don't want to see anybody fail, you know. Absolutely. Um, so all I want to do is point out where I think guys have opportunities to grow and hopefully that happens so that the Falcons can be good, you know. Yeah, that's, you know, that's analysis in a nutshell. It's like, hey, this guy needs to do X. He does X, Y, and Z well. He needs to improve at A, B, and C. And if they improve at A, B, and C, you're like, yep. I, you know, that's good. exactly yeah. what, you know, you, you wanted to have happen. That's right. Yeah. So, guys, that's going to do it for us here on today's Locked On Desmond Ritter episode with Matt Waldman. Go check out Matt Waldman stuff at the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, uh, as well as uh, football guys. And again, we'll continue Locked on Desmond Ritter week tomorrow, talking a little bit about my film study, you know, whether I agree with Matt on certain things, push back on him on certain things. So we'll let that marinate for a day. Continue to make Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day, and you'll be able to check that out. And for your second listen, of course, check out any of the variety of shows, Locked on NFL Scouting uh, with the Draft Dudes. Uh, Did a couple of episodes recently talking about their thoughts on Desmond Ritter, their thoughts on the situation that the Falcons have put around Desmond Ritter. Uh, so go check out Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, uh, the Draft Dudes on YouTube, or where, of course, wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, it's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.